Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. Two thousand and twenty-one. Do you know what today is, Katie? March fourth. <laughs> Don't be. It's the. <laughs> no, really. Do you know what today is? March fourth. Stop it. <laughs> today is my friend Roxanne's birthday, oh. Rocky. Oh, I love Roxanne. Happy birthday, Roxanne. I hope you feel better. She just had a big surgery. Yeah, a serious ma- one on her ma- back. Major back surgery. Yeah, I know. But she's Happy healing. birthday, Rocky. Hi, Roxanne. KT met Roxanne when I she went we went to high school together. I'm still friends. Susie's the only person I know that's best friends with her kindergarten and grammar school girlfriends in high school. I mean, they all when we're in Chicago, they all want to get together. Sometimes if it's a nice evening and we don't have work the next day, we take a ride to the old neighborhood, which is not very safe these days. Well, it wasn't safe then. Well, <laughs> but, um, and they love to be together and all they do, they actually talk about the same thing every time they reunite. <laughs> and they have the best time talking about the same memories and stories and restaurants and things they used to do. All right, KT, this is Ask Susie and KT Anything. No, 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 it's KT Ask Susie Anything Day. You keep saying that, but you know, sometimes you do answer questions. Go for it, girlfriend. All right, this is from Jamie. Hello, Susie. I've been having some fun with stocks, but I have a question now that I'm pretty diversified. Should I reinvest my stock dividends or transfer them to my settlement fund? I reinvested my Roth IRA, but I did not know if I should be doing the same with my individual stocks. Also, I got married in 2020. I was 42 at the time, and I've been working diligently to save money in my Roth IRA and contribute the max. I made just under 42000 last year, and my husband made approximately 113000 We each own our own homes. So I'm so confused about tax filing with another person, as this is new for me. When you mention that you can't do married filing separately and make more than 10000 to contribute to the Roth IRA, that was news to me. Did I understand you correctly? I want to keep investing with my Roth. Does this mean we'll have to file jointly? Jamie, you little schnookums there. You got two questions into one 
email. So the first question is, yes, you know, you should absolutely always reinvest dividends. Why not? What else are you going to do with it unless you live off of the income from a dividend paying stock? You always reinvest dividends. And yes, you heard that correctly, that if you make more than $10,000 a year, and you are married filing separately, you have very few rights in terms of any type of retirement account outside of your employer. It just doesn't make any sense. So you should absolutely file jointly because you are married. Also, the truth of the matter is don't worry about qualifying for a Roth IRA because the new limit for 2021 is 198000 of adjusted gross income for you to contribute your full contribution. And if what you say is true, then you only really between you and your husband make 185000 of gross income. So you have nothing to worry about. Next one, KT. So Susie, this next question is actually a question that I think you can help this a fan by giving them some really sound advice that you and I both know. So l- let me read it to you. This Wait, is from stop. My- news, headlines, headlines, news. <laughs> KT thinks that I can help somebody with something besides money. News, <laughs> news, headlines. All right, go on. This is from Monica. She said, I'm 26 from Michigan, finding a way to cope through this pandemic. All right. She lost her job. Um, she was laid off twice. She was a wedding planner, but she's still young. She's only 26. She's still unemployed. And due to stress and anxiety and everything that's taken a toll on her, she has really weak teeth and went to the dentist with the hopes that she could find, you know, some some help to fix her teeth. She went to the dentist and was told that it would cost $15,000 to really help repair her teeth, to and fix so, her teeth. And you want me to and give her advice on how to pay yeah, that? She has no clue on what to do. She absolutely wants to go, get back to work, but is so self-conscious about her, her teeth, teeth and yeah. no smile. Yeah. So she's asking for advice. What can Monica do? Yeah, here's the thing. Our teeth are more important than we have any idea. Our teeth, really the root of many diseases. In fact, do you know that the plaque that sometimes people have in their hearts and that they die of starts in your teeth? So that when you go to a dentist and they clean your teeth and they go, oh, you have a lot of plaque. It's that plaque that we swallow that goes down and goes into our heart and can make us ill. So it is really, really important, not just because of how teeth look, but because of the illness that can come from teeth. I am a tremendous advocate of something called a dental savings plan. And a dental savings plan is where you can get a discount of anywhere from 10 to 60% off of a dental treatment. And if you just go to my Women in Money app, you know, you go to Google Play or Apple app, search Susie Orman, download the Women in Money community app, and right in there, you will find the dental savings plans, or you can just go to dentalplans.com. And just pick a dentist that uses one of those plans or ask your dentist if they take those plans. The plans seriously are like 100 maybe $120 a year. They are so 
fabulous. I can't even tell you. So then, then tell, tell her you, you, you've used it yourself. I always use it. We, we all, we, we we, have saved thousands of dollars on dental work. Yeah. Thousands. So it's a great thing to do. The thing I would do if I were you is I would number one, find a dentist that took a dental savings plan. Number one. Number two, I would get that plan again, might cost you $100, $120. And then I would work out a payment plan with that dentist so that over time you could pay them. So you might have to do it just little by little. Maybe you don't do the entire thing at once, but it is something that I do think you should do because I truly understand that if you don't feel like you look good and you're not presentable, plus the illness it can cause, That's something you have to fix. All right, KT, next. Next one's from Maura, Susie. I'm 54 years old with breast cancer and brain tumor stroke. I have been stable. Mm. Well, hold on, wait a minute. This is not so bad. I've been stable for the last two years. I have a zero balance on my credit card. I own a 2016 Jeep with no car payments. And I have 80,000 left on my home mortgage. I've been following all of your guidelines. I have close to a million dollars in my 401k, 403b, and Roth IRA. Because I'm disabled and not able to work, am I able to withdraw funds without paying penalties? She is. But the thing is, remember, you have to make sure that you can never work again. The doctors are going to have to state that. But Mara, you just also have to remember just because you aren't going to have to pay the penalty in terms of that 10%, because you're only 54 years of age, you will have to pay income taxes on any traditional 401k or 403b, your Roth IRA, obviously, you can take out anytime you want your original contributions without taxes or penalties. But remember, you're going to have to pay taxes on any amount of the 401k or 403b that you take out. But here, I just have to say one other thing. You have a million dollars in retirement accounts. And I would imagine that most of that million dollars is absolutely invested right now. You also know that in my opinion, very shortly here, I think these markets are absolutely going to turn. When you have money in a retirement account, if you happen to come out of those investments to keep the money safe and sound then you have nothing to lose because you're not going to pay any taxes on it if you sell what's in there and just keep the money that's in the retirement accounts. Remember, you're only going to pay taxes on it when in fact you withdraw. So if these markets start to turn or they're a little bit much for you, then I don't know, I just think a million dollars is a whole lot of money just to keep safe and sound if these markets start to turn. So this one's fun. I was introduced to you, Susie, by my auntie recently, and I've been listening to your podcast and live at the Apollo. And ever since I've learned so much. When I was doing your personal finance course, I realized I did the wrong thing with my 401k. I rolled over about $6,000 and got the check sent straight to me and into a traditional IRA at my bank. Yeah. I did this back in June. Is it too late to do anything about it, or am I just stuck? So here's the thing, and this is what I want all of you to understand. When you have money 
in a 401k or a 403b or a TSP at your employers. And now you want to take that money and put it into a brokerage firm or a bank or a credit union, whatever it may be. And you want to do an IRA rollover with it. The correct way to do that is to first open up an account at the place you want the money to roll over to. They then will contact your ex-employer and they will do a custodian to custodian transfer where your ex-employer will send the check directly to the new place you've opened up the IRA rollover. Why did Simone say that when she was taking my personal finance course, that she learned she made a mistake? Because when you have the check sent directly to you, your ex-employer has got to withhold 20% for tax. It is mandatory, the 20% mandatory tax withholding rule. So let's just say Simone had $10,000 with her ex-employer that she wanted to roll over into an IRA rollover at her bank. When she had the check sent to her, they only sent her $8,000 because they had to withhold 20%. She then had 60 days to take that $8,000 and get it into her IRA rollover at the bank, which she did. The problem is the other $2,000 that they withheld, now she is going to owe taxes and possibly a penalty on that money because she had $10,000 in her employer's account, her 401k. Therefore, to do a true rollover, she would need $10,000 in her IRA rollover because they withheld 20% for taxes. She only got $8,000. So when the government looks at this, she's $2,000 short. And unless she comes up with $2,000 out of her own pocket to make the $10,000 equal to what she had in her 401k, that $2,000 is going to be taxed to her as ordinary income plus a penalty if she's not 55 years of age or older in the year that she left service. So... Whenever you do an IRA rollover, it has to be custodian to custodian. Otherwise, you could be in big financial problems because why? What if it wasn't 10,000? What if it was 100,000? What if it was 500,000? Now she would owe penalties and tax on $100,000 unless she had that money out of her own pocket to make up for it. So Simone, it's six months. It was last June. There's nothing you can do about it. This is from Ellen. Hi, Susie. I'm buying a condo with 20% down and I'm stuck on deciding between a 15 or 20 year term mortgage. I can afford both. The 15-year rate offer is 2.25% and the 20-year rate is 2.87%. I like the lower payment of the 20-year because it gives me more room in the event I lose my income. And she's saying that she's single. She also wants to pay less because it gives her a little bit of wiggle room to earn money for 
any improvements she needs down the road, um, save for retirement and help her mom with her mortgage. So she said, I figured I would make extra principal payments anyway. Am I thinking wrong, Susie, when I choose the 20 year term? Ah, Ellen, I wish I knew how old you were. You don't say so in your email. I wish I knew how much of an emergency fund you had. You don't say that either. And you don't say if this is a home that you're going to keep for the rest of your life. Therefore, what is the goal of money? The goal of money is for you to be secure. 2.8% is still a fabulous rate. Obviously, 2.2% for a 15-year is a seriously fabulous rate. But if the little bit of difference, the $200 a month difference or whatever it would be in this particular case is what gives you security, allows you to help your mom, allows you to feel better, do the 20 year. If I had a magic wand, would I try to convince you to do a 15 year and other things? Yes. But it's not my life, Ellen. It's your life. And you have to do what feels good for you. And I can tell by looking at this email that KT just handed me, that it's not about are you thinking wrong? It's about are you feeling right? It seems to me that you're feeling right to do 20 years. So go for it, girlfriend. Yeah, I'm glad you gave her that advice. Because usually Susie would definitely want to do the 15. Well, you know, she's saying though, KT, that if she does the 20, she's going to put extra money towards it anyway. So So if she has extra money to put towards it, why not do the 15 and not put extra money towards it? But anyway, I'm not going there. Okay, go on. So next is from Jessica. Wait, I have to say something. There's financial advice. And then there's personal financial advice. And financial advice is strictly advice that's by the numbers. Personal financial advice, which is my expertise, is when you give financial advice that's personalized for the person asking it. And you have to take in consideration their emotions, their fears, their insecurities, not just what is the best thing for them to do financially. Financially, she would be far better off doing the 15-year. But personally... She's better off doing the 20. Next is Jessica. Hi, Susie. I'm getting married this year. In 2020, I made more money than I ever dreamed I could at my age. According to my W-2, I made $150,000. Are you sure you want to get married? (laughs) (laughs) Well, her future husband only made 90K, but that's all right. I'm looking at my mass mutual account through work and I and thinking I should increase my contribution. Right now, I have 11% going into a traditional 401k and 5% in Roth deferral. What do you recommend I change? Also, when we get married, would it make more sense to file jointly or separately? What is this thing with everybody asking about filing separately? Where did you get, all of you, where did you get this idea that you should get married and then you should file separately? If you're going to get married, you file jointly. Don't do that. A lot of people file separately because they don't trust their spouse and they don't want to get into trouble if their spouse files a way that's an illegal tax return. So they don't want to be involved with that. But if you file separately, you are not eligible for so many financial benefits. It's not even funny. 
Now, I get that you made 150000 this year. So therefore, really, between you and your husband, you no longer qualify for a Roth IRA unless you do a backdoor Roth, which you might want to consider. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to one of my past podcasts and you will find it. However, I would absolutely be at least splitting 50-50 the contributions to the 401k from the traditional 401k to the Roth 401k. I just think in the long run, I would pay the piper now and have my money grow and grow and grow so that when later on in life, I could take it out tax-free. If I could again change anything, I would have 100% of your money at work going into a Roth 401k. But you should know that by now. I don't like what's happening with taxes. I don't like where I think taxes are going. I do not buy into this thing that when you retire, you're in a lower tax bracket. Depends how much money you're going to have in your retirement account. What are tax brackets going to be? Then I would go Roth all the way if I were you. And yeah, I would contribute the most I possibly could to a Roth 401k. So this next one is from Sharon. Hi, Susie and KT. My husband and I love your podcast. We listen on a regular basis. You know what we I love open... about this already? What? What do you think I already Hi, love Susie about this? Hi, Susie and KT. No. We listen on a regular basis. No. We love, my husband and I lo- love your podcast, husband and I. I do love that. That's what you love. I love when, if you're in a relationship, that both of you are listening to this podcast. I love that. Well, you're going to love the next part of this email. Opened an account at Alliant and bought your will and trust program. Do you know that account is only good now for like another 26 I days? Know. For anyone Three weeks, has... people, we have a countdown coming here. Yeah. You better sign up for it. Don't right. miss out on that hundred right, on. bucks. So you've been an amazing resource, Susie. You've been saying the market is going to become quite hectic. I have a day trading friend who quite agrees. Hectic? I never said it was going to be hectic. <laughs> she wrote hectic. It's going to go up and down this month. It's going to be then, a roller coaster. And then starting, I said, in the first week of April. So first week, second week. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So Sharon has a day trading friend who agrees with you, Susie. With that in mind, he suggested we put some of the cash we take out of the market into bonds. TL. T's in particular. T-L-T-E-T-F? Yep, T-L-T's. Uh-huh. Curious your thoughts about bonds right now and the T-L-T in particular. I wish you could see the look on my face, Sharon, yeah, you right look now. really, you don't look happy. No, why, why? because number one, that is the worst advice I have ever heard in my life. I would not listen to this day trading friend on any level if I were you. Who in their right mind right now would number one, go into bonds? You would never go in. Did you just hear Warren Buffett and everybody talk about they would never go into bonds here? Let me go to Susie's school very quickly. When interest rates go down, the value of bonds go up. When interest rates go up, the value of bonds go down. Do you really think that we are in an interest rate environment where interest rates are going to go down? We are not. Is it possible that they may go up? Absolutely. The TLT is a ETF that only invests in long-term bonds that are 20 years in maturity or longer. The next rule of thumb, Susie School, the longer the term of maturity, 
the more volatile the bond is. So if interest rates go up, those bonds, long-term bonds, which is 20 years and longer, the more they go down. In fact, I think if you look at this, um, at the return of the TLT, I think they're already down 10% this year alone. Are you kidding me? So if you're coming out of the stock market, you are not going into bonds. You just leave that money sit. Hey, if you want, let it sit in the Alliant account at 0.55% interest. Let it sit in a money market account wherever you may be. If you want to buy preferred stock and get a 6% return or things like that, I don't have a problem with that. But no bonds, no bonds, no bonds, and particularly no TLT for you because it will do what? It will become a TNT and it will blow up in your face. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> well, that's the worst advice I've ever heard. No, but that's funny that mm. the TLT will become a TNT. Also, I just have to say something. You know, KT, yesterday I recorded an interview on influencers for Yahoo Finance. I think they're actually airing it today, Mm -hmm. sometime this afternoon. And we were talking about one of the questions I was asked was about, you know, all these trading and things that happen. There's a big difference between day traders and investors. And it's very easy to be a day trader and to make money when the markets have gone straight up which they have since 2009, essentially. It's another thing when these markets start to go down. You want to be an investor. You do not, in my opinion, want to be a day trader. So Susie, this next question is about a movie that we both recently saw on Netflix. It's called I Care A Lot. And it's a little disturbing, this movie, but it's... Wait, before you talk about that, can we talk about... What happened last Sunday? Did you hear my podcast on Sunday where I ended it with talking about the United States versus Billy Billie Holiday? Holiday? Do you know what happened two days ago? I'm just so blown away that this happened. I can't even tell you. Lee Daniels, the director of United States versus Billy Holiday, heard the podcast. He listened to it. Not only listened, he loved it and he played it on, on his Instagram. Instagram live. And I actually posted that on the Women and Money app, what he said. And all of a sudden, my phone starts He's ringing. So cute. So cute. So oh cute. my God. But anyway, <laughs> it, my phone starts ringing off the hook, and people are saying, Lee Daniels is talking about you right now on Instagram live. You've got to hear this, Susie. All what of you should watch honor. it because Lee Daniels' face was lighting up as Susie was giving her little podcast review on Billie Holiday, which was brilliant. So if any of you missed last Sunday's podcast, please listen to it. Listen to it and then go to the, the Women in Money app or Instagram and take a look at what Lee Daniels had to say. It was what really an cool. honor, everybody. All right. So now we have another movie. Okay. Okay. So this is a Netflix movie. I care a lot. And here's the question. Hypothetically, is there any chance that any legal guardian would ever have a chance to take over despite my fully executed must-have documents? So the movie, I Care A Lot, was about a scam that takes place in nursing homes. And you've got to see the film, but it was a little bit disturbing. And I even asked Susie, can they do this? And here's the answer. Tell everybody. So first of all, when you do the must-have documents, 
you create a living revocable trust that's in the documents that I tell all of you about, right? If you're interested, go to suzyorman.com slash offer, $69, you can get $2,500 worth of legal documents. Okay, besides the point. But what's interesting is when you do a living revocable trust, and in this particular living revocable trust that I'm offering to all of you, in case you're incapacitated, then you have already appointed a successor trustee to take over your estate for you and make all the decisions, but you have appointed that person. And that person is the one that has legal authority over you. The reason that this happened in the movie is that most of these people didn't have any children or they didn't have anybody, or if they did have a child, the child wasn't actively involved in the situation. But chances of this happening really are very nil, especially if you have a living revocable trust where you have appointed certain people to take care of you. The same thing with your power of attorney for finances, where you have been the one who appoints the person to do so. If you haven't appointed anybody, and now all you have is a will and you don't really designate anything. Oh yeah, the court can designate any legal guardian for you that they want. Number one. Number two, if you have children, you could have a judge appoint a probate guardian for your child. That is why these documents are so seriously important in my opinion. There you go. Okay, where's my quizzy, Susie? So this one is from Miss K. Are you ready, Miss Travis? Yeah. Right. Are you ready, everybody <laughs> out there? Because you're going to have a choice. You're going to have to decide. Miss K says, number one, aloha. She says, I'm 46 years old, single with three adult children in good health. Mm. She has a 401k. She has a Roth IRA. She has money, you know, in an emergency account. She just opened the ultimate savings account with a lion. She does have a little debt, a car payment and things like that, but she does not have any life insurance at all. Remember, she's 46. Mm. She has no life insurance. And she's been listening to me. And she hears me always say that she should get term life insurance, don't get whole life or universal life. So that's it, everybody. But here is her question. She wants to know, A, should she in her situation purchase term life insurance? Or B, there is an insurance plan with National Life with a living benefits rider. Should she purchase this plan to access these benefits in the event something happens to me? So everybody, should she do A, purchase just a simple term life insurance policy, or B, purchase a life insurance policy with National Life with living benefits riders, which means if she gets ill or something later on, They'll take care of her. What should she do, A or B, Miss Travis? Okay, this, this isn't a trick question, but I think I know the answer. I wouldn't do either one. And here, want to know why? Yeah. All right, so definitely. Are you sure? She's 42, Katie. She's 46, rather. 
Yeah, I wouldn't do either one. Life, term she life has, is so cheap at 46. No, no, no. You tell us all. You don't need term life if your kids are over the age of 21. They're independent. They're adults. What do you need it for? Who are you going to take care of in term? You Look don't need it. Look at the smile on my face. <laughs> Yeah, because I got that right. You got it right. Ding, next, ding, ding. She got it right. Did all of you get that right? And she doesn't need the next one. Why? Because that's whole life. It's it's a form of a whole. No. What is it? Ding, ding, ding. Wrong. What is it? So you got one right. You got one wrong. Let me tell you why that Miss K should not get the second one either. Wait, I didn't say she should get it. You I said, said she, she shouldn't get it. Should not get That's either right. But one. you said she shouldn't get it for the wrong for reason. For the wrong reason. Here's the right reason she shouldn't get it. Okay? It's all right for you to learn. Oh, she looks so disappointed. <laughs> so the truth is, everybody, I was right. She doesn't need either one or two. Does this give you an idea into or a little window into our relationship? Are you right? Are you wrong? Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's right? Susie's, no, KT's usually always right about things to do with our family. But when it comes to money questions, I give Susie 100%. Thank you, KT. But here's the point, everybody. Miss K, the reason that you shouldn't do the national life is you tell me that you have a savings account that only has about $7,000 in it, that you do have some debt. $15,000 and a car payment, plus your living expenses. So at the age of 46, this is not when right now I would be spending any money on anything other than creating more of an emergency fund for yourself, getting yourself out of debt, paying off your car. That right now is your immediate need. The other you can do still 10 years from now or whatever if you want, but not now. So that's what Miss K needs to know. Did you learn anything yeah, there? Yeah, you don't need insurance, Miss K. <laughs> that's, that's my take. All right, let's take this out, girlfriend. So there's only one thing that I want you all to remember when it comes to your money, and it is this. What is it, KT? People first. Then money. Then things. Let's do it together, girlfriend. Now you stay safe. See you Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.